Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Oh, need a minute to get something to write with? But don't worry, I'll give the number again right after the commentary. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Collaboration is an Asian and Pacific Islander organization and movement that was founded in 2000 by Executive Director Paul P.K. Kim. Under the guidance of Executive Producer Roy Choi, 
collaboration became officially incorporated as a 501c3 nonprofit organization in January of 2006 and became an Asian and Pacific Islander organization. Previously, it focused on the Korean American community. But Collaboration Now is an annual event and movement produced by young Asian and Pacific Islander professionals and students, volunteering their time and skills to celebrate the vast talents of the community and hopefully bring them into the mainstream. It is evident that APIs are often categorized into certain images. APIs may find it increasingly difficult to get jobs outside of the model minority as a foreigner in a role. Such barriers often result in the lack of APIs in mainstream entertainment industries. Thus, APIs are not only unfairly portrayed, but also disproportionately underrepresented in mainstream media. Christian O, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. You know, it's really good to um, have you on and finally get a chance to have you on the show after our, our just inspiring conversations that we've had so often when we've got a chance to talk. And um, this is the big event that you've been talking about. It is now upon us. And um, I've been just looking at the press and everything you've done to get this thing you know, out there, and I'm just really, really impressed. Everything is so professional, all the videos, and wow, you know, I, I just don't even know what to say. <laughs> well, I appreciate the compliment. It's been a it's been a long and arduous journey because uh, we started this three years ago, and this is our third year, but it seems every year it feels like we have to start over, and, you know, the economy has not been kind, even to nonprofits for the past three years, so it is a challenge, definitely a challenge. Yeah, yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about the extent of what you guys do and um, the origins of this um, amazing music showcase and talent showcase. Oh, absolutely. Um, as you mentioned earlier, the collaboration started with uh, back in 2000 with a gentleman named Paul P.K. Kim. He, uh, he created a Korean-American talent showcase, and then it started to grow year after year after year, um, and then he decided that it wasn't just Korean Americans that he wanted to focus on, but Asian America. Um, mm -hmm. It's all the careers of so many uh, YouTube stars as well as well-known stars like Jabberwocky's got their start there. Mike mm. Fox, old-class uh, choreographer, got his start there uh, with Kaba Modern. Uh, many of the America's Best Dance crews on MTV got their start there, as well as musicians like Far East Movement, um, before they hit it big with Like a G6, they got their start there. And then, as I mentioned, the YouTube stars, David Cho, um, Clara C., uh, Kina Granitz, um, very, a, a variety of Asian-American singers and artists, as well as comedians, too. I mean, um, it's amazing. Even non-Asian-Americans, such as David Elsewhere, who went on to a big dance career, uh, all because of a freestyle dance competition that is tradition at all the collaboration cities. Um, he started there as well, and he's turned it into a very lucrative dance career just from one video clip that someone captured him dancing. And again, his name is David Elsewhere, and he's not even Asian American. But um, the mission has always been to help empower through entertainment, which means to provide the necessary support and channels to help Asian Americans flourish in an industry that is overridden with obstacles for entry. So wow. uh, all in 
14 cities. Uh, Toronto just finished their show this past weekend. New York has their show the Friday night before ours. And then, of course, Saturday is our show. Uh, and then following us will be both um, uh, Seattle in October as well as East Lansing, uh, Michigan. So we're in 14 cities now. Then there's the grand finale that happens in uh, L.A. where seven of the 14 top cities uh, compete in Los Angeles for an opportunity to go to Tokyo uh, for the Mnet Music, uh, uh, the Asian Music Awards. So. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and are you at all of these events in all 14 cities? No, unfortunately. I, I mean, because this is all volunteer and nonprofit work, I can't mm-hmm. afford it my own dime. And um, I would love to be at all cities. I have gone to several cities. I plan to go to Seattle as well as the L.A. finale show. Um, I have family in Seattle, so it's, it's a it's a two-for-one where I can go out and visit family as well as go to the show. But um, we almost think of it as a fraternity slash sorority where we have this network of, um, of volunteers as well as people who are passionate about Asian-American independent music and, and dance and performance um, that we try to support each other. Um, our, our global family, as we call it, because we are in Canada, in Toronto, um, and also we just had a show in Hawaii recently, a first time in Hawaii. So we do support each other. Um, though each city is responsible for their own finances and their own putting on the show, um, we share a lot of the burdens of, of promotion, helping spread each other's cities and promote each other's city shows. So it is a big um, family that, in that in that respect. Wow, wow. Well, that's great. You know, we may have to work on something else as well that we can use at each venue that would help, um, you know, be a show that will be available and let people, you know, understand exactly what's going on. Because, you know, this Block Talk radio show is easily heard all over the world as well as, you know, it's on demand whenever you need it. So, yeah, we we have to talk about that and see what we can do to sort of help out. Michael, I appreciate it, and I love Blog Talk Radio. I think it's a great forum and a great idea that you've done, uh, you know, being able to produce this show. You know, um, you you guys have all of these events, and, and you're talking about um, just the Collaboration DC part of it. It's it's a pretty big event. I mean, the venue is at the Lisner Auditorium here at GW University, which is a great place um, for concerts. And um, tell us a little bit about how many people you've got working on that, and how did you put all this all together? <laughs> Again, I feel a lot of the weight is on uh, very few people's shoulders. Myself and my assistant director, uh, Marvin Ye, who has um, you know, been tirelessly and effortlessly working on getting volunteers. Most of our staff, um, you know, dedicate their time and their attention. None of us get paid for this. Um, we uh, probably have about a core staff of about 12 to 15 people um, that are consistently uh, putting their time in. Then we have an extended volunteer and staff list of a, at least 20 to 30 more that help out. And, of course, the school Groups, a lot of the the um, Asian American student groups help out. Uh, especially, I want to give shout outs to the Vietnamese Student Association, the Asian uh, Student Alliance at GW, as well as the Korean Cultural Organization of George Washington University. They've been um, uh, tremendous, as well as the there is an Asian um, Asian uh, fraternity as well, Psi Delta Pi. I mean PDP. I'm sorry for short. They are. Uh, uh, also supporters. So without these people's help, as well as the performers themselves, who do a lot of their own promotion, spreading the word, 
um, our guest performers, um, as well as a lot of the Asian American affinity groups in the D.C. area, they really come to what I would say, quote, collaborate and help us uh, put on the, a fantastic show. Our first year was at GW Listener. We sold out last mm. year. Um, was at the University of District Columbia. We came close to selling out, about 800, 800 tickets out of a 900-seat theater. Um, and then this year we're back at GW, and I hope we, we come close to either being at capacity or, or selling out. We'll see. It's, uh, it's always early to, to, to say right now. We, we're six days away, and I, I'm a little concerned, but uh, <laughs> people wait to the last minute in, in the Washington, D.C. area. So. Yeah, yeah, they do. And um but you know, you know, it's quite a bit of buzz about it already. So I'm excited and that um wow, the the video you guys produced. I I, I posted that on my uh, Facebook page. I plan on doing that again. It's just amazing to, you know, see all the areas of DC and all the different types of talent. And um how how did you guys decide on is are there categories, or you guys are looking at people in um, just about any category you can think of to come in and perform if they've got talent? Well, you've got to remember, collaboration started in 2000, way before America's Got Talent, The Voice, America's Best Dance Crew, um, and it wasn't really geared towards any one specific talent, meaning singers, dancers, choreographers, comedians, anyone who has something that they want to showcase was eligible to audition. So the way that we do it here in Washington, D.C., we do hold open auditions in the spring, um, and typically we do it at universities or schools um, that allow us the access and the, uh, the venue to, to hold those auditions. And then from those auditions, we select anywhere from, we've selected as little as, you know, uh, seven all the way up to ten uh, finalists because um, this is an opportunity to win, number one, a $1,000 um, as well as an opportunity to be showcased on a um, uh, Asian uh, an Asian American TV channel called MNET, which is uh, more their focused is Asian pop, but uh, they are they are creating a reality TV series based off of uh, Asian American pop, um, and they're calling it uh, collaboration. Uh, well, they're using the collaboration name in the the television series. So this is a big deal, and uh, like I said, the winner of this DC show will go to L.A. Uh, if they are selected in the top seven of all the 14 cities to compete in L.A. And if they win there, they win an all-expenses-paid trip to Tokyo, Japan for the Mnet Music uh, Awards in Tokyo. Because right now the Asian pop culture, especially from Korea and um, you know also from Japan and, and, uh, and Hong Kong, has just been sweeping the country. I mean, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure you're aware, aware of Gangnam Style, the side yes. <laughs> I, I watched him with Side Night Live um, the other night, <laughs> yeah. and that was my, my first time seeing him perform live. And yeah, he is quite the character. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he his his YouTube video is now over two hundred million views. It is mm. the number one video out there. And then I also read in the paper that his song is the number one U.S. iTunes downloaded song in the U.S. market, which is incredible. So for an Asian pop star to make that kind of crossover, um, it's it's almost like a insanity effect, but in the uh, music world. 
So. Right, right, exactly. And um, it, and it's it's a good thing too. I think this is a good time, especially for you and your cause, you know. And I, I think that you know, being a nonprofit, you have to look for every edge out there, every boost that you can find, and sort of hopefully capitalize on that. And I think that this is um, bringing to light that there is a whole subculture out there of very talented individuals that people are could be enjoying, but they just don't know. And uh, hopefully we can get the word out and let folks know and attend this event and continue to support all the things that you guys do. I want you to talk a little bit also about MNET because that's the first thing that really impressed me and um, drove me to kind of sort of seek you out and find out what you guys are all about. Right. Um, you know, with, with MNET, you've got you've to consider they have a, um, a cable channel on, I think, both on uh, Time Warner Comcast as well as Verizon Fios that um, showcases a lot of K-pop and Asian pop culture on mm -hmm. their show. Everything, mm -hmm. short films done by Asian American filmmakers as well as the um, the, the the Korean pop countdown. Um, but Mnet America is trying to broaden their um, their I guess their scope and. Uh, do things that are more focused on Asian America. Um, and the show, like I said, that they're trying to create is um, they're recording footage from all the 14 cities of, of collaboration and creating a reality show to say, hey, look, this is where Asian American pop lives uh, or Asian American music, independent music lives. Mm -hmm. um, it is showcasing that, you know, Asians are a little different, especially Asian Americans are a little different uh, in terms of the subculture and the culture compared to Hispanic Americans and compared to African Americans or Jewish Americans. You've got to consider with Hispanic Americans, regardless of whether you're from, you know, Guatemala or Mexico, you speak the same language, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and then African Americans and Jewish Americans, they have a shared history of pain or suffrage that they all can relate to. But unfortunately for Asian Americans, we don't speak all the same languages. We don't share the same historical uh, experiences, nor do we necessarily get along either because you've got to consider there's always been uh, certain clashes and animosities between Asian cultures as well. Thus, it's, it's a different, it's a different um, approach that, you know, if we want to uh, be a solid voice within America, there needs to be a much more of a cooperation, uh, collaboration. I hate to uh, use the word as a pun, but just <laughs> much, much more collusion and um, inclusion uh, when it comes to Asian Americans. And I and even in and I don't like politics. I really don't want to talk about politics, but I think politicians forget that. A lot of times when they're campaigning, they right. group us all together, but they don't right. realize that definite cultural variances and differences between Korean Americans, Chinese Americans. Vietnamese Americans, Thai Americans, you know, even the, you know, in the D.C. area, we have one of the largest Mongolian American communities as well. So, again, we don't share everything exactly the same when it comes to culture. But in music, I think because we are in America, we all, you know, most of our, I mean, actually all of our performers sing in English, we can all appreciate music and, and dance and, you know, whether it is a, a, a cultural connotation in the dance or if it's a you know more contemporary hip-hop dance i think everyone can appreciate it regardless of whether you're from china or korea or mongolia um we want to make sure that 
you know, we support it as well because, you know, even though we may not share the same languages as a culture, we visually are the same. You know, when people see us, you know, again, they group us automatically. So I think it, it, it tends to say that, you know, let, let's support each other regardless of our, our ethnic backgrounds and differences. Now, you've been doing this Collaboration DC thing for a number of years now, and you guys have really grown in leaps and bounds. And um, uh, tell us uh, uh, what you guys have planned for the future as well, because um, and now I'll tell you what the plans I have for you guys. Because, <laughs> you know, when I first heard about what you guys were doing, it, it, my mind blew up. So I, I just want you to just tell everyone what you're trying to expand on, and maybe we can just put the word out there and, and some areas where you might be able to get some help from some of the listeners. Oh, I, I would appreciate so much help. I mean, again, we we have very little resources and funds, but um, I think my, for the future, my dream is, um, you know, why aren't we re-exporting back our Asian-American talent. What I mean by that is collaboration has been going on for now, this is our 12th year in terms of when it originated back in Los Angeles. Um, why aren't we maybe making strides or attempts or maybe working with um, music and record labels to export a Filipino-American back to the Philippines or Korean-American yes. back to Korea or mm -hmm. Chinese-American back to China? Because these are huge markets. I mean, you've got to admit that in Korea, I was just in, I was actually just in Beijing recently, and you know they're listening to their Chinese pop stars, but they're also listening to Lady Gaga, Lil Wayne, Kanye West. You know, they're listening to Katy Perry, and they're singing in English. But mm -hmm. why not market a Chinese American who is just as talented, who sings in English, but can also probably sing in their native language or maybe a hybrid of sorts? or collaborate with maybe a Chinese pop star where he's rapping and she's singing or vice versa. Mm -hmm. uh, there's definitely, I think definitely a way to, to re-export the talent that has been cultivated here in the United States back to the mother ethnic host countries. And I think we need to do that. I think if we had the support, if we had the marketing dollars, I mean, of course, everything's about marketing nowadays. Um, right. uh, or, or we go the route of the viral video that, you know, I give Psy the utmost respect, but I, at the same time, I wish it was an Asian American that could do that. I mean, he did study out in California at Berkeley, um, but he's still a Korean citizen. I would love for a Korean American who, you know, grew up here, just like a Jeremy Lin story, that could do that in the music realm. And that's what I think my, my dream and my passion and my future thought is. Um, collaboration itself... You know, it's growing. It's already in 14 cities. I'm hoping it goes into twice that amount in the next, you know, five to ten years. And if this collaboration reality series happens, you know, maybe we finally will get the, uh, what I would say, the, um, the recognition that, you know, we started this Asian-American talent competition not only to just focus on Korean-America or Asian-America, but to, to focus on talent. I mean, you see all these uh, reality talent shows that are on now, and a lot of times I think, you know, it's more about the marketing dollar and the way that they present it. I just want to show integrity, honest, good performances, right. and people own judges of you know of, of that talent. So that's what I'm I'm hoping for. So as collaboration as a whole, I would love to create a collaboration maybe in another country. Let's say we can create a collaboration in uh, 
uh, in Mexico for the Asian Americans that live there or create a collaboration um, in other Asian diasporas that exist throughout the world, I think it'd be great. Yeah, and, you know, my my primary focus right now is creating uh, business plans that are, are, are so small and compact that can be scaled up to anything else you want to do on the back end, you know, mm-hmm. but small enough that any one person can be trained um, if not in person, but via um, the Internet, by right. uh, videos and also by um, conference calls and be able to help them to become a part of whatever it is you're trying to produce and have that content move, you know, over the Internet through a, a digital resource that everyone's using and everyone has access to. Um, one of the, the first ideas I had when I when I saw what you guys were doing on MNET I said to myself, wow, I wonder if these guys um, could produce some of these shows or these interviews is what I've saw mostly in the coverages of the cultural events uh, in a series to be produced on a site that's very similar to the blog talk radio site that I'm doing this radio show from on a site called blip.tv, which which allows you to be able to take your content wherever you've created it, but re-air it at a place where people are looking for the content based on the category you put it in. And the new the new format now is on demand. It's Who cares about what you do today? Right. As long as people have access to it, they will listen and share. And that's what multiplies what whatever you produce. Um, so many people love the fact that they're on my show because – how many times has someone said I was on the radio and the person's response is, oh, wow, I missed it. I wish I knew. And see, I never have to worry about that. So people yeah. can always pick up that show. They can email a link or they can download it on iTunes. And I think that this is what should be happening with media in general, that everyone should be able to look at what they're doing and capture it and not let it be missed. Even the the show that you're doing at Listener Auditorium, you should be able to take that video chop it up, put it out there on YouTube, as well as have it combined into, you know, the whole two, three hours or whatever it takes and allow people to be able to see that and and continue to share that and tell folks about what they experience. And I think that that's what's going to um, be the next marketing tool for everyone. Of course, be able to compress whatever your content is so that it can be viewed on a tablet as well as a, a cell phone, smartphone and things like that as well. And I just think that what you guys are already doing, um, <laughs> you, you're, you're miles ahead of a lot of folks. And uh, I was very impressed with that. So the night I met you was not by accident. I mean, I was actually looking for you, even though I was there to see SNRG at the Jam in Java. And I, I love those guys. But uh, when I when I finally got a chance to meet you, uh, I, I knew it was on at that point. <laughs> no, and I, I also thank faith that we did get to meet because um, I, I totally respect and, and understand what you're trying to say and do with Blip TV. I think it's a fantastic medium, a fantastic idea. We are the YouTube generation. We are the instant gratification generation. Uh, people want access uh, when they want it. They want to be able to see things when they want to see it. Um, you know, with, with Facebook, with social media, everything is a click away. And I think that, um, you know, we need to become better purveyors of that. And I think, uh, I mean, by no means am I an expert on social media on how to, you know, increase my views or anything. I, I Actually, I would love to, you know, sit down with you or anyone else who's an expert 
on uh, social media to get more advice because, you know, I think our videos are fantastic. I think our talent's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, of course, we're not getting the, the millions of views and none of this, none of that. It's, you know, that happens through spread of word, I mean, spread of um, word of mouth and um, just, you know, people telling or sharing things on Facebook or others or Twitter or other social media sites. Um, I think there's a lot of, you know, possibilities and capability there, and I think we should be collaborating as much as possible. You know, working with, you know, Blog Talk Radio and Blip TV, I think, I think these are fantastic resources for us to utilize and maximize, um, you know, what people don't get to see. Um, you know, is, the same can be said with the Asian-American film genre industry. You know, mm-hmm. people, I, te- I teach Asian-American studies up at University of Maryland part-time, and it amazes me what they what students don't have um, number one don't have access to, but number two what they're not aware of that exists. And there's so many Asian American filmmakers as well as Asian American singers and producers and writers um, that are not being seen or heard because you're right they're not utilizing technology they're not getting the word out there or getting the um, the share of that social media market. That needs to happen, and I think education is one way, but uh, just creating the awareness, whether it be through Collaboration DC, through uh, film festivals, through um, any of these uh, events that happen. I mean, even Fire Day, as small um, as that that event is, um, it has grown, and we, you know, we do it, you know, what I would say, crawl by crawl before we start walking, and then hopefully one day we'll be running at full, you know, full speed ahead, but. We appreciate people like you who come and uh, help us facilitate that because without that support, you know, we'd, we'd probably stagnate and just either slowly fade away or just, you know, not get be able to get the word out. So I am by all means for everything that you've just said and whatever plans that you might have in the future, we'd love to, uh, you know, jump on board and, and be able to, you know, cooperate on that. So. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think the, the biggest thing is just um, – the um, social digital media studio, uh, once that's up and running, um, you know, there'll be a huge green screen studio. There'll be um, smaller studios that you can use for a number of different things that will be at a price that you just won't believe. It will be affordable to everyone. But we right. will show people as well how to, you know, be able to plug in and make money um, and use marketing people, people who understand, um, you know, the net matrix that um, help you to be, you know, at a good place on Google and um, what keywords you need to use when you're posting your YouTube videos and things like that and how to go about finding those and understanding what's going to work for you. So, yeah, I'm really excited about all of this. And the more I find people that um, could do a good job with the little bit of information that I'll share with them, I, I get very excited. And that that's the reason why I think that you guys are, are, are you're doing so much already. And, and I understand running out of resources as well, you know, but there's only so much you can do. But when everyone, you know, sticks to their own expertise, they stay in their own lane and they do the best that they can do, but they can share that with a group. Uh, it's just phenomenal. And um, my whole goal is to commu- create a community of folks who are doing just that, who are just exceptional at what they do and uh, are willing to share and to learn and to grow together. And um, I, I totally, we, Oh, go right ahead. And I, and I think, I think um, uh, the other thing are artists who also 
Um, they're not, you know, they're, they are looking at it from a much broader perspective. I mean, that's why I respect the guys from SNRG. Um, they're not just in it for themselves. They're also part of the movement. Um, because here's the thing. Collaboration really is a movement. Um, it started really small, and it has progressed and progressed, and people are understanding the branding, understanding the mission and the image. Uh, you know, we want to provide, uh, you know, what I would say positive role models um, because a lot of times Asians, Asian American parents, you know, number one, don't support uh, a lot of times these types of um, endeavors, you know, whether they be music or film or acting or singing, dancing, um, you know, most of, I mean, any parent really wants the best for their kid and they want them to grow up, you know, being successful, having a successful job, making lots of money. But, um, you know, in truth, we have to we have to support everything that a kid may want to do. Um, if it is a passion, or if there's a real innate talent and ability to uh, to culture, then we need to culture that and uh, and cultivate it. So I think collaboration itself, as well as like I said, a lot of the performers, um, people like yourselves that help help sustain and cultivate that, is is in my words, you know, even more powerful than just the the marketing dollar or raising the funds to do so. Because I think hopefully we touch upon someone who says, wow, like yourself, this is incredible. We need to be supporting it. We need to make it move forward. And the move Yeah, I just opened the mic. I'm sorry about that. I opened the mic for um, DJ Asu Rock and, and Salia. They're, they're on the line now. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to A Man hey, of Truth. Good, good. Sorry to cut you off, Christian, but I uh, opened the mic and um, the noise just came right through. I don't know, Asu Rock and uh, Salia. I'm, you know, again, these these two people are, are are evidence of that movement. I mean, Asu feels very passionately as I do about, again, um, in this case, we're trying to import. Um, you know, originally I said earlier that export, but now we're trying to import. Um, you know, Salia and her music and her J-pop uh, uh, status into the United States because, again, she's she's a very open, honest, and full of integrity type of, of, of performer who wants to collaborate and work with us and, and get her music out there. She's an incredible singer. She just performed at the Korean American Festival that happened uh, this past weekend uh, all the way out in Bull Run Park in, uh, near Manassas Centerville. And um, without Asu's support, uh, this show, you know, would not have happened because, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, he's like a brother to me. And what he's done uh, for me for the past three years, he was there the first year for our show, and he's helped us ever since. I mean, he's also the creative director uh, behind our our um, our team. Everything from the uh, the the uh, what I would say the colors in our in our logo to the design of our posters to the design of our or even the music uh, for our music video, he created the the the, the baseline track. Um, I, I couldn't have done it without him. So both him and Salia are are definitely part of the collaboration family, and we're so glad to be for them to be, you know, here, um, being able to perform at GW Listener, and um, I'm hoping the the relationship continues to be strong and bright. So welcome, Asu. Welcome, Salia. Hey, how are you doing? Good, good. <laughs> oh, we're getting an echo. You guys don't have us on speakerphone, do you? No, we're in the same room. 
Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, you're gonna have, you have to separate. You'll still be able to hear each other. And um, yeah, I'm stuck. I'm, I just got out of the the main room, so. Oh, okay, great, great. And, and you're going to help us out by translating for us for um, Salia, correct? Uh, I'm skilled, but not that skilled. Uh, I oh, have, uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> you do have another. I have my associate Shino on the line, and she's okay. going to do translation. Oh, okay. But okay. not to take anything from Salia. She knows she knows a great deal of English, but she can just be shy. You know, they don't speak ah. it every day in Japan. So, <laughs> right, right. And, and Salia, welcome to a measure of truth. Thank you. So far, I have a good time in America. Thank you. All right, great, great, and uh, looking forward to seeing you at the um, the event. So, how long have you been here in America? This time, I'm going to stay in America for eleven days. Wow! So, um, as well as the um, the event that's coming up um, on Saturday, where else will you be performing? えっと、昨日のあのコーラスフェスティバルの方でライブをしてきました。I performed at the Chorus Festival for uh, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, okay. And so and, uh, Oh, sorry. I was going to say go we're also shooting a music, music video this week as well. So. Oh, awesome. Awesome. I guess you guys don't want to give away the location, but yeah, we'll talk with you about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, Sally, I hope you have a great time. I enjoyed your videos. You're absolutely beautiful, and I enjoyed your performance, and it, it was just uh, um, amazing, and we look forward to seeing you um, at the Collaboration DC event. I'm looking forward to seeing you, too. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and um, DJ Asu Rock, you know, um, I saw on your website that you're you're already hit to the Black Magic camera. Uh, Black Magic camera. What, what does that mean? Oh, okay. I thought you had the Black Magic camera. I, I saw something. Uh, oh no, no, no. Uh, it might have seen that I, I work with a guy named Black Magic Tim, who actually shoots oh. all of uh, Salia's videos for us. Really? Now, yeah. so th does he use that camera? Do you know what I'm talking about? I may not. He probably would. We, oh. we, Tim. He he's been work. He works in uh, 7D. He works in Red. Um, I think there's a Scarlet camera now mm -hmm. that he's been messing around with. Um, I know he was excited because I think somebody sent that to him just to as a trial. He was like, yes. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm sure he knows about the Black Magic um, camera. Um, oh, okay. It, yeah. So. But yeah. The, since know, I put he, it out there, I have to tell everybody what I'm talking about. It's a new camera that's a digital camera that doesn't take a chip. It records directly on a solid state drive, and it wow. can it can record at the level of film, and it's just an amazing piece of equipment. So, you know, of course, I'm shopping for one now. So as soon as I saw anything relating to that, I said, oh, I think this guy's using it. But they've been using it a lot in a lot of car commercials and a lot of um, commercials mm -hmm. really intense, dramatic colors and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Because some of the effects that you can create with them are, are amazing. But that that's for another show. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, it's, it is a Christian again. Um, it's funny you mention that because 
it's also a camera that I have been considering if I can ever save up the money because it shoots full res, uh, full resolution in, in not only 16.9 but also 21.9, mm. and it things that uh, a lot of your DSLRs and even the RED camera uh, doesn't have uh, ability to do. So they, I think they announced um, back at the beginning of September that it's going to be. I mean, it's priced at. I think the basic basic uh, body or model is mm-hmm. just uh, a little over 3000 but yeah. um, it has a 2.5, I think 2.5K image sensor. It shoots in 12-bit RAW, ProRes. I mean, it's it's an amazing camera. Um, you know, even though my friends still swear up and down about the RED camera, mm-hmm. I'm very interested what this Blackmagic um, camera is going to be able to do. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll definitely have to share. Whenever I find something new on it, I'll share with you, and I'll definitely share what I've um, gathered so far. But this is something I think that's going to change the industry, you know, because, um, again, why why compress formats and why expand formats? Why not just shoot it the way you want it and, and just, you know, have the ability to do anything you want with the finished product? And I, I'm just so excited. As soon as I saw the thing, I lost my mind. I really did. <laughs> You know, so, I've got I got a collection of images, the software that goes along with it. I believe it's called um, uh, is it called Michelangelo or is it some type yeah, of? I think it's called Michelangelo. I can't remember yeah, either. But, yeah. but that's my my only concern is the software because, um, you know, of course, uh, I'm hoping Final Pro and Adobe um, create uh, plugins for it, but uh, let's see what the the resident software is capable of in terms of editing, because um, you know, I currently edit in Final Cut, um, Final Cut Pro. So um, I'm hoping it, the 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 commands and a lot of the layout is going to be pretty much the same. But we'll see. Okay, and um, DJ Asu Rock. I hope I'm saying your yeah. name right. Yeah, yeah. tell it's us a little bit about Asu. Okay, yeah, I got it now. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about your expertise and what you bring to the table as far as artists. Plus, you're a DJ as well, and of course, musically inclined and all of that. But um, you've got your your fingers in a number of different pies right now. Uh, I think always, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I got well. A lot of people ask me how do, how am I because 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 I am um, black or African American, whatever you want to call me, on whatever day. Um, and I'm an illustrator first, more than anything else. And I got into music in the 80s through hip-hop, and I started DJing. Um, and then through the 90s, I kind of, through me illustrating and my involvement with anime and, and liking I had a store, mm. I started listening to a lot of the, the Japanese pop music and then the Korean pop music. And then I started enjoying it a little bit more than a lot of the American stuff that was being produced within the mid-90s. And so what we did is, um, not what we did, but what happened was with me being involved in, with uh, with a, a popular anime store within the nation, we used to do a lot of rentals out of um, Springfield, Virginia. We actually started working with Japanese companies who wanted to get the artists into the U.S. market. And at the time, the only places that a lot of them could actually go to were anime conventions. And so for the last, like, six to seven years, I've, really been pushing, you know, trying to see whoever would listen, you know, because in one sense you have your fans who like this stuff, but they don't, they don't, they like it, they find it, they play it. But on the other side, there's there's people like like me, I guess, like you, like Christian, who actually 
put the stuff together and put it out there for people. And the thing is, we have to do a lot of that groundwork, and then we have to find people who are going to who has never heard of this stuff to believe in us, to mm-hmm. believe us that it's popular. Because again, un- only until like Psy, now all of a sudden in one week Psy gets signed to a huge record contract, record deal with or management because he he has two hundred hits, two million hits on YouTube. But before Psy, and nothing taken away from him. But there's been incredible, incredible great artists that have been out there. But a lot of the, the the big companies who can make a lot of this happen, they only sometimes only see the numbers. So that's pretty much where my position has been. You know, I do a lot of events and stuff like that. And where Salia comes in, she was the first one, first artist that I w- I started to work with, and I sort of made her a promise. I was like. Look, some way, somehow, we're going to get you in because I, her talent, she really is talented. She's not, you know, there's a lot of cookie-cutter talents out there. She's not, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, somebody was telling me that, you know, hey, we need to find a gimmick her. And I'm like, no, her gimmick is her voice. That is her. You know, there is no gimmick here. She, she's somebody, you know, I want to put out as good possible music, I, you know, for her. I don't want to follow any trends, uh, you know. I want to put something out that people will listen to five years from now, ten years from now. And so we've been running around dealing with a lot of, you know, trying to find the right production, the right looks and everything like that to help her cross over while keeping, maintaining her fan base that she has from um, her work in Japan as well. And I guess she could talk a little bit more on that, I guess. And, And did you want to share something with us on that? I'm very happy to hear about the good stuff about me from him. あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あ
you know, what happens at anime conventions tends to stay at anime conventions, you know? Right, yeah. And, and tell us a little bit more about what she does for the anime features. Uh, well, she has, uh, she, she's done a number of theme songs for, for animes. Um, one of her most popular one is called Trust from the um, show Van Dredd. Uh, you know, um, you know, the theme songs are on YouTube and stuff like that. And she's done Cutie Honey Flash. She was worth a group called Unicorn Table that, um, did some music for a show called, um, School Rumble. Um, and she, and, um, every summer she does concerts, you know, but once you're, once you're in that field, you know, you, yeah, it's, people grow up with the shows and grow up with you. So she does live concerts every year in Japan. Uh, you know, while at the same time she writes music for other entertainers and stuff like that. So she's pretty, pretty active. But, you know, like her, you know somewhere in her heart she's like, I also think she has that vision uh, of of expanding, you know, doing pop music. She loves soul music, she, you know. And I think she has, you know, she she's great. She's great on stage. She's great in the studio. I mean, what you hear on the album is actually what you hear on stage, Uh you know, and as much as Christian's been working with me, yesterday was like the this weekend was like the first time we actually saw her live. You know, and I was <laughs> like, I told you so. <laughs> you know? Awesome, awesome. And um, Christian, tell us just a little bit more about what we can expect, and give us a rundown in the format of the show for um, that night's entertainment. Oh well, we have uh, of course SNRG and. And Adam Zapart, who you saw at uh, Jamming Java Fire Day, yeah. they will be our they will be our pre-show acts to get people into our into the theater. Um, so they'll probably go on around 6:30. Doors open officially right around that time, and then uh, we have a meet and greet for our VIPs downstairs, where they can meet some of the other artists, the, the finalists, the performers who are competing as well as some of our guest judges. I mean, we have some amazing guest judges this year. We have uh, Kyra Coe, who is uh, a classically trained soprano. Um, she's also done a lot of community work. She's affiliated with the Washington Redskins. She's also um, part of the Dave Taller Music Group, who's another judge, Dave Taller. He actually writes and, and reads and sings in Korean. He will be featured on a Korean television show later this fall called Star King, which is a very, it's almost a talent-based uh, uh, reality television show in Korea. Uh, we have uh, Kay Murdoch, a hip-hop producer, local hip-hop producer. Um, he's done some work with some Grammy-nominated uh, musicians, as well as uh, Sean Cosby, who's a choreographer. Uh, she was a choreographer for Step Up, the first first Step Up movie, as well as she's been an actress on uh, in the in the industry, and then Brian Gerardo, who is a choreographer, but more importantly, he's a public advocate for getting Baltimore students and youth involved in dance. Because what happens is, you know, again, role models are important, and a lot of times uh, students don't get to uh, um, or get influenced by the wrong wrong people or the wrong ideas. Brian does a lot of work to actually help facilitate, uh, uh, you know positive role models and positive uh, thinking. And then, of course, the show itself will start at 7. There'll be guest performers as well as the competitors themselves. Um, and then come right around uh, 9.30-ish, 9.40-ish is when Salia will go on stage 
while the judges deliberate um, and come up with a grand prize winner. We have three places. First place is $1,000. Second place is $500. Third place is $250. And then the show is over, and then we'll go celebrate and party afterwards. And, uh, <laughs> again, we've got, we've got an amazing comedian coming in from, from uh, California. His name is Walter Hong, as well as PK, the founder of Collaboration, will be our special guest. He'll be at the show as well. So we're very excited. Wow, wow. And the categories, again, I mean, you've got everything from dance to spoken word, rap, singers, you know, musicians, everything you can think of. And it's just uh, it's just great because you, you guys seem to just put everything out there, and all of these categories will sort of compete against one another as well, right? It's just who's the most well, talented. Well, I mean, if you watch America's Got Talent, it's really about comparing apples to oranges. And, mm-hmm. you know, we want. I wish I could have... I wish I could have 50 finalists, but of course that's impossible. So right. We're excited that we're able to at least showcase the 10 finalists we have, plus a lot of local Asian-American artists that people probably have never heard before or may have heard of uh, through other other channels or venues. Amanda Lee, who's incredible, she was the winner, second-place winner of Collaboration DC the first year. Manifest, who's a amazing rapper, homegrown, locally grown, as we call it. Um, we've got uh, we've got uh, Chip Han, which you know I'm, I'm letting your listeners in, a, in on a secret. Chip Han, who's an amazing beatboxer, will be performing uh, at the show, but we haven't spread the word about that because uh, he really killed it at the Course Festival this past weekend. He was incredible. So we've got him. We've got um, you know Lumi Bustamante, who was the winner of Co- Collaboration DC last year. She'll be there. So. We're very excited. I mean, the talent is just going to blow people away. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I was I was just so impressed at the event that I attended. Um, and I think I was backstage with SNRG when I heard um, Connie Lim. And I, and I said, oh, excuse me, I have to find out who this is. And I just ran out. And um, I was just blown away. I said to myself, I, I cannot believe this woman's voice. I'd never heard anything like that before. And yeah, I had to buy the CD and uh, it's one of my wife's and my favorites. It's just amazing. Uh, You know, again, that gives me a lot of joy to hear that because it's great when people are able to really appreciate these independent artists. Connie Lim, again, she was a supporter of collaboration out in in LA. She's she's from out the LA area. Uh, Jen Bostic, even though she's not Asian American, but she's an independent artist. That same night, she also has an incredible voice. Mm-hmm. You Amazing. Hear, you got to hear the talents of Adams Apart. A very, they're a homegrown uh, Filipino brothers that uh, do a lot of electronica music. And yeah, they they're, the, they're sort of like a cross between Devo and the Ting Tings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they also support SNRG as, and also back up Aussie Rock on uh, a lot of stuff as well. So it's amazing how the three of them also collaborate internally. So, again, we couldn't. You know, we can't do these type of events without this type of support. Yeah, and um, Asu, so you've worked with these guys as well. Uh, yes, I'm sort of the official, non-official DJ for SNRG. <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned Connie Lynn because I was DJing on stage that night, and oh, I guess we definitely crossed paths. Definitely. Yeah, I was standing right next to um, Blue 5-1. Blue 5-1. Yeah, he was there as well, and um, okay. taking pictures. And, yeah, yeah, we were off to the um, state left for you. Oh, okay, okay, all right, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, that was 
That was me on stage uh, through the show, yeah. <laughs> all right, okay. DJ with the the um, the computer and all that. So <laughs> yeah, uh, don't go there with me because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a classic DJ. I use computers for the MP3s, not for not for the crutch. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, sorry man, I kind of take that personally. <laughs> oh, okay. So you you were spinning the wax up here then. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a wax DJ, but you know it's, it's you know you can't get particular singles like you know Rihanna's not dropping stuff on wax. <laughs> like 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 they used to back in the day. So you definitely mm-hmm. need need to uh use a computer but it's how you use it, you know. For me it's just to grab songs. It's it you know, some people go into oh, the computer does everything and I'm gonna just dance around the stage with me. Also, <laughs> I'll see what's better. You're a purist and I love the fact that kids purist. I mean Michael, I used to be a DJ back in the day too, but I used to I didn't have a lot of this uh technology that the that the young kids have nowadays. Everything was you know, turntables and one mixer. I mean, one crossfader. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you, you've done it all. That's that's really something. Yeah, and um, you know, I I one of the first shows I ever did. Um, the show I have for independent recording artists on Fridays is called Turn It Up. And one of the first guests I had was a neighbor of mine in my neighborhood in Springfield, who had a record company that he produced every artist's first album on wax and he's you know his company's out of the uk he's from you know england but that's what he did and he created a successful record company doing just that wow i mean you know it's it, it, again it, it goes back to what i said about the power of uh of humble origins and where we go from there um i remember that I, I actually know some of the guys who are part of capital records that got their start in DC and of course they're long gone now, but you know, they were they were they were DJs and they were spinning in a, in a warehouse down in DC, I remember, over by U Street somewhere. And uh, you know, this is what it means when you understand where you came from and where you're going. And I think that's what I think is strong behind the collaboration as well as the way that Osu manages and um collaborates with uh talents like Salia as well as the SNRG and Adams Apart. I mean, it's really about staying pure to some degree, of course, evolving with the times as well, but, um, you know, maintaining that integrity and maintaining that, that, uh, that quality that, you know, we all want to, we all, we all want to produce and do good things. And I think, uh, that, that sentiment is definitely there amongst everyone that, that I know that's involved with collaboration as well as the stuff that, that Ossie's doing, uh, you know, on his own, and and it sounds like you, you too, Michael. From from what you're doing with you know, Blog Talk Radio and Blip TV, and then I'm I'm actually want to listen more on uh, Turn It Up because you know I I knew you did the the Blog Talk Radio, but I'll have to definitely tune in more on uh, Turn It Up. So yeah, yeah, you can start by listening to the show I did with SNRG. <laughs> yeah, and that's um that's how I found out about those guys. My um, co-host told me about them. Yeah, but yeah, we we've only got about ninety seconds left in the show, and I just want to thank you guys. Um, and uh, let me bring Asu back on. And um, we just had some noise in the background; I had to mute him. But Asu, thank you very much, man, for coming on board. Looking forward to talking with you some more. No problem. No problem. Yeah, and um, also, um, Salia, thank you again, and we look forward to seeing you as well. Thank you so much. 
<laughs> and also, Christian, um, yeah, always a pleasure, man, really. Yep. And, um, and I look forward to uh, talking with you more, and whatever we can uh, collaborate together on, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. So. All right, awesome. Well, special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, but uh, and I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to another installment of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.